Welcome to Element, the student ministry of Third City Christian Church. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students. We're entering into a series called Unexpected. It's all about Jesus' path towards the cross, but these unexpected moments along the way. And tonight we're talking about conditions, a a place where we find ourselves, a thing that's happening to us, uh, a, a wound, a pain, and something that Jesus will do that's unexpected within that. There's a lot of unexpected moments in Jesus' story, but this one tonight is all about the pain that we're going through, all about the wounds that we have and how we push through that. I want you to see that our condition is not our identity, and our condition is not our destiny, okay? That's not where it begins, and that's not where it ends. Jesus is telling us something completely different. And so I'm thinking about conditions that I've been in or a condition I've had, and I thought I would tell you the story about my deviated septum. Does anybody know what that is? Okay, yeah, so it's when the like, cartilage in the middle of your nose is bent. So, so here I am, pretty much like since like freshman year of high school until about three years ago. That was good math. Um, I, I had about like 10% of airflow in this nostril and about like 50% of airflow in this nostril. You know what I mean? So like, you know, trying to, trying to just get a triple-double on the freshman B team was tough, you know? Like, that's why I didn't make the NBAs, because I couldn't breathe. So, so it, it was hard to sleep. Like, it was, it, like, I couldn't taste anything. You should have seen the way that I would make meals, like, four years ago. It would have extra mustard on it, even if mustard didn't belong there. It would have ketchup on the side, ranch dressing, anything I could get, because I could get salty, sweet, bitter, uh, sour, what are are the other, you know, like just what I could taste with my tongue. I didn't get any of the aromas, right? And speaking of aromas, I couldn't tell the difference between a fart and a flower. I had no idea anything happened until people started coming up and getting out of the room and like, you know, going like this or anything. I was like, oh yeah, stinky. Yeah, I agree. (laughs) You know, like I couldn't tell. But the defining moment was, you guys know how much I love mountains. I was in the mountains with some friends and my friend was standing there and, and they go, man, I love this smell. I was like, pardon me, what smell? What smell? And they go, the smell of the mountains. And my heart just went, <laughs> you know, like I've never smelled the smell of the mountains. What are you talking about? So at that moment, I decided I was going to go get it fixed. I was going to go have someone help me in this. Because up until this point, I've tried to fix it myself. I've, I've taken nasal spray. I've done the little like neti pot thing your mom does, you know, like where they pour it in one nostril and it comes out the other. Have you seen those? Nasty, nasty. Sinus irrigation is the cute name for that. Um, I tried sinus irrigation. I tried medicine. Nothing worked. And so I had to go and I had to find someone who was qualified to help me in my condition. Because I was busted I tried to fix it, I couldn't do it, and I needed to go find someone who was qualified to do that, right? And Jane had been pushing me, she's like, you should probably get that done, you should probably get the surgery done or whatever. I was like, okay, I'll I'll take the surgery, yep, I'll do it. So um, I will tell you, getting a deviated septum like worked on and having that surgery is literally level 11 pain. I haven't been in a whole lot of pain in my life, but holy moly, here's me recovering on New Year's Eve. Just celebrating the the new year. (laughs) You guys, I'm not even kidding. It was so uncomfortable. Like when you get a surgery on your hand, let's say you can put your hand over here and watch Netflix. But when you get a surgery on your face, it's all like, it's right here, you know, like all the pains right there. It's just awful. 
But here's the deal. On the other side of that surgery, I can smell things now and I can breathe and I can... The craziest thing was, it was like a week or two after that surgery, I preached here at Element and, and I actually heard my voice change. Like I used to kind of sound a little more like this because air never went through my nose, but then I heard this rich, enthralling audiobook voice that I have. And I thought, man, that is nice. If that surgery money went towards anything, it was towards my audiobook career. So, so I, was, I had a condition. I needed a fix because I couldn't fix it. And I had to go to someone qualified in order to get help to get it fixed, right? I couldn't do it on my own. Tonight, I want to show you how Jesus leads someone else through their condition, something they tried to fix or have someone else fix, and then ultimately they leaned on Jesus, the one who could ultimately help them, the one who was qualified to help them. And I want you to see the deep spiritual metaphor when we go through this story that yes, this is about a woman in pain and in suffering who gets healed, but I want you to see the reflection on your life in the conditions that you currently find yourself in tonight, in the pain that you feel tonight in the wounds that you are bringing into this room tonight, into the sin that is living in your life tonight. I want you to see this. So we pick it up in chapter eight of Luke. And what's happening in this part of the story, Jesus is kind of on his world tour. He's, he's making some pit stops. And all of a sudden he gets pulled out of the crowd by someone that says, hey, I need you to come to my house. My 12-year-old daughter is like dying sick. Can you please come? And he's like, yeah, I'll stop by. I'll do that. I love you guys. And so he's on his way there and he gets interrupted we pick it up. As Jesus was on his way, the crowd almost crushed him. There were so many people who wanted to get to Jesus, who wanted to be close to Jesus. And a woman was there who had been subject to bleeding for 12 years, but no one could heal her. So this was her condition. She was bleeding for 12 years. Could you imagine the discomfort, the embarrassment, the way that that would feel to have blood flowing from your body for 12 years? And nobody can help you. You tried to fix it. Nobody could fix it. And so I always, I, I see her just throwing the Hail Mary at this point going, okay, I've heard this whole Jesus guy is God. And maybe if I get close enough to him, maybe he's qualified to help me in this condition. And she came up behind him and touched the edge of his cloak. And immediately her bleeding stopped. And Jesus is like, hey, who did that? Peter's like, bro, you are surrounded by people and they're all pushing and shoving on you. How did you, he goes, I know, I know someone just had faith in me. I know someone just gave themselves to me in a way that is so deep that they allowed me into their condition. And he turns around and he's looking for them. And then the woman, seeing that she could not go unnoticed, think about this scene. If she was bleeding for 12 years, she'd probably have blood on her body. She would look afraid and terrified because a woman shouldn't be out in this kind of crowd anyways. But second of all, in that day, but second of all, she was unclean to the law. And so people would have looked at her disgusted. People would have said, get away from me. You're ruining my life. You're the reason I'm, I'm disgusted right now. Get away from me. But look at the way Jesus turns to her. She's terrified in this moment. She sticks out like a sore thumb in the crowd. They finally find her. And she fell at her feet. And in the presence of all the people, she told why she had touched him and how she had been instantly healed like that. And then he said to her, he didn't say, you disgust me. You are a bleeding woman. Get out of here. What does he say? Daughter. See, our condition is not our identity. Everyone else would have turned to that girl that woman, and said, oh, you're the bleeding woman. Now Jesus turns to this girl, this woman, and goes, daughter, 
Our condition is not our identity. And look at the next verse and the next part of this. Your faith has healed you. Go in peace. Our condition is not our destiny. He's saying, here's who you are. You're my son or daughter. Here's where you're going. You're going to live on because I ultimately heal your condition. Do you see that? So here's this woman in this embarrassing, embarrassing place in life, in this painful place. She would have been suffering. She would have blood on her clothes all the time. You think of how uncomfortable that would be. And she tried to have other people fix it. You know she tried to fix it, but she'd pretty much given up on everything. You know what I'm saying? But then she steps towards someone who she thinks is qualified to help her. And it turns out he is. And it turns out he's God, and he worked a miracle in her life. And she's terrified and overjoyed at the same time. Now, I want to ask you tonight, what is the condition that you're sitting in? What's the wound that you're sitting in? What's the pain that you're sitting in? See, we all come in here and we all bring a condition. And that condition is called sin. It's falling short of the glory of God. It's willfully choosing to disobey God. It is, it is going against God for the sake of our selfish pride. It's called sin. And some of it, for some of us, that sin is bringing us a ton of pain. And then for others, someone else's sin is bringing in a ton of pain, and that's our condition. And we need to be set free from that, and we need to be healed from that. I want to ask you tonight, what is your condition? What is your sin that's paining you? What's something that someone else is doing to you that hurts deep? Here's the first lie that we tend to believe, that we're alone. The the moments that we shine a light on, on our condition to try to find healing, the lie is spit at us, you're alone in that. You're all alone. No one else struggles with that. Don't ever tell anybody that. You're alone. And people will leave you if you tell them that. That's the lie you hear, isn't it? Tonight I want to do something very important. And I need to turn and I need to address the middle schoolers in the room. And I need all of you to look at me. I am calling you up to a maturity level that I've seen from you once, maybe twice this year. In the way that you distract people. In the way that you distract your neighbor. I am calling you up to a level of maturity that will be in this moment and helping your high school peers connect in this moment. Does that, understand? Does that make sense? Nod your head if that makes sense. I'm calling you up to be mature tonight, even if just for the next 10 minutes, that you would not bring this room down in the way that you distract people, but you would actually rise up to where your high school peers are in this room in this moment, and you would show them that we can have a serious moment together and that we don't have to be in different rooms, but that we have the capacity to be here. And I need to tell you, if you feel confident that you do not have the ability to not be a distraction for the next 10 minutes, I want you to just go sit by the wall. I'm not seeing anybody move, so you're agreeing to my terms. Nod your head if that makes sense. Thank you. Because this is really important, and I want you guys to engage too. I would say this is just as important, if not more important for you. And I don't want you to miss it. So don't you dare be the person that's distracting someone. Don't you dare be the person that's disrupting someone because you have no idea what God is doing in their lives. And don't you dare be the person that gets in the way of it tonight. Does that make sense? What we're going to do 
So we're going to do the exercise that we did on Sunday morning, if some of you were here. We're going to pass out cards. Those can start being passed out now. You're going to get a card and you're going to get a pencil. And I'm going to lead you through some questions, okay? And here's what you're going to do. You're going to keep that card completely. There's no reason to talk. There's no reason to talk. You're going to keep that card completely anonymous. You're not going to write your name on it. You're not going to make any mark that lets people know whose card that is. Because we're going to keep this completely anonymous. You're going to get that card. You're going to get that pencil. You're going to see a column of, of boxes, yes or no, check marks. I'm going to lead you through some questions. And listen, once again, don't you dare be disrespectful to people and look at what they're marking on their card tonight. Don't you dare be disrespectful like that because you have no idea what kind of hell on earth that person's going through or what condition they're in, okay? Don't look at other people's cards. And don't, don't be afraid of hiding your answer. You won't be shamed for that. You're gonna get these cards, you're gonna get these pencils, I'm gonna lead you through these questions. And if the answer is yes, simply check yes. What's gonna happen is once we answer this, you're gonna flip your card over so that no one can see your check marks. And then a basket's gonna come back down the row. You're gonna put your card face down. And what's gonna happen is our coaches on the side are gonna shuffle those cards and pass cards back out into the rows. And then we're gonna go through those questions again. And you're not standing for your own answers. You are standing for someone else's answers. You understand? You're being a representative of someone else. You are standing in place of someone else. So if you stand when I say, if this is checked, yes, it is not you answering that question. You are standing representing, hopefully, the freedom being given to someone else. Does that make sense? All right, everyone have a, have a card. Raise your hand if you do not have a card or a pencil at this point. Okay, thank you. Thank you. Please remain quiet. Please remain respectful. Please rise to the maturity level I'm asking you to. They'll get you your pencil and your card. Keep raising your hand if you don't have one. That's helpful. Okay, we have a few over here. Keep raising your hand. Thank you for being so quiet. Thank you, thank you, thank you for rising to the occasion to do this. Thank you. We have prayed tirelessly for this moment. Thank you for being patient. Thank you for not talking. Thank you for raising your hand, waiting for a card and a pencil. Thank you. If you do have a card and a pencil, I want you to start thinking about your life. I want you to start thinking about the pains that you have in your life, the conditions that you find yourself in. And I want you tonight to be as honest as you possibly, possibly can. Because this being completely anonymous leaves it only an opportunity for you to feel some healing. If you do not have a pencil or a card, raise your hand. Okay, we're going to begin. This is question number one. Have you ever struggled with depression, fear, or anxiety? Don't disrespect the person next to you by looking at their answer. Don't disrespect them tonight. Question number two, have you ever lied about, gossiped about, or made fun of another person? Don't look at anybody else's card. Question number three, have you ever been addicted to something? Something you knew wasn't healthy for you. You've ever been addicted to something? 
Have you ever been a bully or been bullied? Have you ever been bullied? Have you ever been a bully? Don't you dare disrespect the person next to you by looking at their card right now. Have you ever been sexually abused or sexually abusive? Have you ever had anything happen to you that you didn't want to happen to you? Or a boyfriend or a girlfriend push things too far? Next question. Have you ever thought about or attempted suicide? Don't you dare disrespect your neighbor by looking at their card. Don't do it. Have you ever gone further with a boyfriend or a girlfriend than you know you should have? Answer honest. Don't disrespect middle schoolers. Thank you so much for rising to the occasion. I'm so proud of you right now. Have you ever struggled with attractions, thoughts, or behaviors that are outside of God's will for your life? Answer that question. Have you ever struggled to believe God likes you? that he loves you and that he wants good for you. Last question. Do you have any secrets you feel no one else would understand? The second you're done checking your boxes, flip the card over. The baskets will be passed down the rows again. We're gonna collect those and then the coaches will shuffle those cards and pass them back out. Please maintain this moment Please don't break this. There are some people in here that are hoping for some real healing tonight. Please do not be a distraction to your neighbor. Please do not talk to your neighbor. One of the things that we believe when we're stuck in these conditions is that we're alone in them. I want you to see that the church is a collection of broken people, not a collection of perfect people. God is the only perfect. Jesus is the only perfect. The Holy Spirit is the only perfect. All have fallen short of the glory of God. But there's grace on the other side of this. And there's hope and healing on the other side of this condition that you find yourselves in. Please maintain the respect level. Please maintain the maturity level. Coaches, as fast as you can, shuffle those cards and send them right back down. As fast as you can, please. There's no need to talk to anybody around you. Please refrain from doing that. So what's going to happen is when you re-receive that card, you're going to be representing someone else. And so when I ask you to stand when I read one of those questions, it's not your answer. It's someone else's answer. So there should be no embarrassment in you standing. But hopefully what you will see is a perfect example of you not being alone. A perfect example of what it means to reach out to Jesus in your condition. Please don't talk. Middle schoolers, please don't talk. Please don't talk. You're doing so good. I'm so proud of you. I'm so proud of you. Hang in there. Rise to the occasion. Don't bring down the rest of the room. You're doing great. Thank you. As fast as we can, coaches, just shuffle those cards and get them back down rows, please. The basket will come by. Just take the one off the top and pass it as quickly as you can do that and respectfully as you can do that.
there's no reason to talk, please don't talk. Thanks for maintaining the moment. Thank you. If you marked something in those boxes that brought up some pain, I would invite you to quietly pray to God right now. If you do not have a card yet, would you raise your hand for me quietly, silently, silently, quietly? Thank you. Pass that basket as fast as you can to help us, please. Pass it as fast as you can. Keep your hand up if you don't have a card yet. Thank you so much. Thank you. Middle schoolers, hang in there, hang in there, hang in there, boys, hang in there. Please do not be a distraction. Please don't bring the room down. Pass those baskets as fast as you can. Coaches, help get those cards to those students, please. Raise your hands high. Raise your hands high. Thank you for maintaining this moment. I'm so proud of you guys. There are people in here who are going through some serious pain. And by you not talking and you not breaking this moment, it is helping God minister to their hearts. If you do not have a card, raise your hands. Okay. If you do not have a card, raise your hand really high. Everybody got a card? Okay, so here's what's going to happen. I'm going to read question one out loud. And if the, the box is checked yes on your card, you stand up. You don't say a word. Don't say a word. But you are free to look around. And then after a moment, I'll have you sit back down and we'll go to the second question. Here's the first question. Have you ever struggled with depression, fear, or anxiety? Look around the room. You can even look up and see our coaches. Right? Go ahead and have a seat. You're not alone. You're not alone. Question number two, don't say a word. No need to talk. Question number two, have you ever lied about, gossiped about, or made fun of another person? If your card says yes. Don't say a word. Have a seat. Question number three. Have you ever been addicted to something? Stand if your card says yes. There's freedom from addiction. Go ahead and have a seat. Have you ever been bullied or been a bully? Every one of you who feels, don't say a word. Every one of you who feels like you're alone and that you're not. Have a seat. Have you ever been sexually abused or sexually abusive? Stand if your card says yes. Wow. You're not alone. And God will heal any condition. Go ahead and have a seat. 
Have you ever thought about or attempted suicide, Stina? If your card says yes. You're not alone. And we as a church walk through this kind of stuff together. And Jesus heals. And Jesus brings purpose in life. You have so much purpose. FC. Have you gone further with a boyfriend or a girlfriend than you know you should have? Yeah. The shame that you feel from that, know that you're not alone and that God rewrites stories. He rewrites stories. Go ahead and have a seat. Have you ever struggled with attractions, thoughts, or behaviors that are outside of God's will for your life? Yeah. Pretty much every standing on that one. Go ahead and have a seat. Have you ever struggled to believe God likes you, loves you, or wants good for you? Do you have any secrets you feel no one else would understand? One last look around the room. Go ahead and have a seat. I want you to understand one thing. And thank you so much for rising to the occasion. I want you to realize that you're not alone in any of this. And that you and your condition I want you to think about this woman who was bleeding and went to Jesus. Her clothes would have been stained, would have been filthy. And yet here's this filthy woman reaching out to a perfect man, and he calls her daughter. Do you understand? Your condition is not your identity. He calls you daughter. He calls you son. And he says, go and live your life. I've healed you. And there's healing. He says, go and live your life. Your condition is not your destiny. It's not your destiny. And I want you to see how stains are removed. The last thing we're going to do together tonight is we're going to read this scripture together. I'll lead you through it. Read it out loud with me. Psalm 51, 7 through 12. Purify me from my sins, and I will be clean. Wash me, and I will be whiter than snow. Oh, give me back my joy again. You have broken me. Now let me rejoice. Don't keep looking at my sins. Remove the stain of my guilt. Create in me a clean heart, O oh God. Renew a loyal spirit within me. Do not banish me from your presence and don't take your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and make me willing to obey you. One more. Come now. Let us settle the matter. Says the Lord. Though your sins are like scarlet, they shall be as white as snow. Though they are red as crimson, they shall be like wool. Let us settle the matter. 
Jesus will heal your condition. Thanks for joining Element. To find out more, go to thirdcityc.org slash students.